Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Danny Wexelman with Maria Guardado, who covers the Angels for MLB.com. And Maria, the time is finally here. It is no longer hot stove. It is no longer the off season. We are officially at spring training, and I know you. We're recording this on Monday. You haven't left yet, but it is just right. You're right there. You're basically leaving for Arizona, correct? Yeah, it's. I'm packing. I'm. You know, it's going to be a couple of hours, and I'm going to hit the road and and head on over there. So it's, it's exciting. So you're driving. Does that mean you've got a playlist? Like, are you listening to podcasts? Are you getting ready? What are these? Like your last few precious moments to yourself before the season starts? Yeah, I mean, in terms of long road trips, I definitely am I'm kind of a podcast person. I find that they really kind of help uh, pass the time and sometimes even teach me things. So I think that that's helpful. But yeah, um, you know, I think this is kind of like the last you know, deep breath before before everything <laughs> kind of gets crazy and underway. So yeah, I'm excited. Do you have any butterflies? Um, I I don't, I don't think it's butterflies as much as excitement. Um, I think I'm, I'm just, um, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see what camp is going to be like, mm-hmm. especially since I'm sure there's going to be a ton of media there yes. for Shohei Otani. So um, I think it's going to be an adventure. Um, I think it's going to be a lot different from last year. So, yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm more interested than nervous, I think. Okay, my last my last um, pre-spring training question for you. Is there anything that you pack that you have to take with you? Is it like a snack? Is it your teddy bear? Anything like that? Well, this year, I'm, since I'm driving, I actually, um, I'm going to take a lot of, I, I really like to bake. So I'm going to take a lot of my baking supplies so I can kind of bake on the side. <laughs> maybe bring some snacks to the press box occasionally. So that's that's my aim for this spring. Oh my gosh, <laughs> so you're going to make my KitchenAid mixer. <laughs> you're going to make so many best friends. People Yes. I love that's the people who motive, you know. <laughs> that's right. If uh I think that your future in baseball is secure, but if if for some reason you want to change course, at least you have you have the baking. So, I think I think you're doing all right. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> awesome. Okay, well, since we are here and you are about to be there, we're going to do a little bit of chatting about the Angels. And it's really exciting because you just wrote about uh, the potential projected starters at each position. 
And I know we've we've gone over this, but now we're going to kind of lock it in at what your projections are. So let's start at the catcher position. Who you got there? Yeah, I mean, that one's pretty easy. That one's going to be Martin Maldonado. Um, you know, he's a guy who kind of, you know, was their number one starter last year and ended up winning a gold glove in his first full season uh, as being, like, the number one catcher. So, yeah, he's going to be, you know, the guy behind the plate most of the time for the Angels. And then, you know, backing him up will be Rene Rivera, who signed a one-year deal over the offseason. But, yeah, I mean, most of the days you're going to see Maldonado. And, you know, he's really known for his defense. So, um, you know, he's going to be a really invaluable presence for, for you know, the Angels' rotation. And for, for you know, just setting up the the entire defense in general, I think so. Yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be behind the plate most of the time. Yeah, and Rene Rivera is a great veteran presence too, and he, the guy just knows what he's doing. So it's nice to have him in that position. And then we head over to first base, and there's a couple of guys who are gonna be sharing time at that position, right, Maria? Yeah, I think um, first base is interesting because right now it's a bit crowded. Um, but you know, I think as it stands, the the two guys who are probably gonna get the most starts right now are at least. Luis Valbuena and Albert Pujols. Um, you know, Valbuena is a guy who who could have played either first or third. But you know, when the when the Angels went out and signed Zach Cozart to be their full time third baseman, that essentially kind of pushed Valbuena to first. Um, um, so yeah, I think he'll get most of the stars probably against right handed pitching, just because he's a left handed bat and he tends to crush righties. Um, Pujols, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it, it's going to be interesting to see how much first base he's going to be able to handle, especially since it's a position that he only. Uh, played six times last year, but um, you know I think everyone uh, kind of ex- is expecting him to report to camp like in tip-top shape uh, because <laughs> he's had like this whole winter to to work on his conditioning and you know lose some weight and things like that. Um, so yeah, I think those are going to be the two primary guys there, and then you also have C.J. Crone who will probably kind of you know factor into the mix, but you know I mean his playing time right now looks pretty limited, so. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if the Angels kind of end up moving him because at this point he's a little bit expendable. Okay, and then second base, there's there's one guy for the job. Yeah, and that's Ian Kinsler, who uh, the Angels obviously acquired uh, from the Tigers in December. And, you know, this is uh, second base was a pretty big hole for the Angels last year. You know, they really struggled to get consistent production out of there uh, despite trying a lot of different guys. So, you know, I um, it wasn't surprising that they ended up going out and making a move and getting a veteran bat like Kinsler, who, you know, even though he's entering his age 35 season, I believe, um, still plays really good defense um, and, and still has some pops. So I think that he's going to be a really good fit for this club and, and, and be a nice presence right there in the middle of the infield. And then over at third, Maria, I obviously, you know, we've talked about Shohei Otani a million and one times, but I'm really excited about Zach Cozart. I'm excited that... He's coming from the Reds and now getting a chance to contend on a team, and he's he's the definition of a team player. Yeah, um, you know, as I, I'm written about before, and I'm sure we've talked about before, you know, the Angels originally reached out to him um, to gauge his interest in playing second base, and then you know he he uh, said that he would be willing to switch positions to to join the Angels, and then they ended up getting the deal for making the deal for Kinsler. So then, you know, Billy Upler had to approach him again about his interest in playing third, which is another position that he had never played in the majors. And, you know, and he just, you know, he was up for it. He was game. Um, and I think that really speaks to, to, you know, his desire to play for a contender after kind of being part of that rebuilding uh, team in Cincinnati for a lot of those years. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, it was a really good addition. Um, you know, Cozart's kind of been known as kind of a defense-first guy for most of his career, but he really had a breakthrough offensive season last year, set a career high in home runs um, and things like that. So I think he's going to really help 
add some punch to this Angels lineup um, and be, I'm expecting him to be a really good defender at third base, uh, even though he's never played there. But just given his background at shortstop, I'm sure that that transition for him will be relatively smooth. Yeah, I'm excited too. And then you've got at shortstop, you've got a guy who kind of knows his way around the infield and can hopefully gel with these new guys, right? Yeah, I think so. That guy's Angelton Simmons, who of course, you know, is probably the best defensive shortstop in baseball right now. Um, he just is coming off another Gold Glove winning year, um, and he's just going to be a field general who's going to kind of mm. be in the middle of everything, kind of direct traffic, and yeah. you know, more often than not, make amazing plays and make it look really easy. So <laughs> um, he's a really guy, fun guy to watch, and I'm excited to see you know him be paired up with Kinsler and Cozart. Um, you know, the Angels' defense is just going to be outstanding, I think. So, and he's going to be right in the middle of it. So. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, to see Andleton back on the field. That's my favorite word ever. You just said field general. I really, I love that. <laughs> That's so yeah. true. Um, all right, let's let's uh, let's take a look at the outfield. Let's start in left. Yeah, so that's going to be Justin Upton. Um, you know, that was really, he was really the Angels' first big move of the offseason um, in terms of deciding that five-year extension to stay in Anaheim instead of testing free agency. He obviously had that option with his, the opt-out clause in his contract. But I think the Angels were, were really smart to kind of keep him locked up. Um, and he's going to be, uh, again, filling another uh, another position that was a bit of a hole for them last year. Um, you know, I think just pairing his bat with Mike Trout in the middle of the lineup uh, is going to give the Angels a really dynamic offense. So, yeah, those are that, I'm really excited to see uh, what uh, Justin Upton's going to be able to do over the course of the full season with the Angels. And then, of course, moving to the best player in baseball in center field. Yeah, Mike Trout. Um, you know, another. He was kind of. You know, it was kind of interesting when you think about the season that he had last year. I mean, he was basically on on his way to kind of a career best season, which is saying a lot for a guy who already has two MVPs under his belt. And then, unfortunately, he ended up, uh, you know, uh, tearing that ligament in his thumb, which ended up costing him about six or seven weeks. Um, and you know, what's astounding to me is that despite you know missing that time. Um, he still finished fourth in in the American League MVP ballot, which just I think just speaks to you know just the kind of otherworldly nature of his talent. Um, you know, so you know he's 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 in his prime. He's entering his age twenty six season, and I think that, that the Angels have done a really good job in kind of bringing in all these pieces to to kind of support him. So um, hopefully this will be the year that Mike Trout and the Angels get to the playoffs and, and win a game, which they haven't done in a while. So I, I am excited to see Mike Trout and you know his new his new teammates yes get into action totally i 100% agree and then rounding out that defense in left maria or in right uh in right yes <laughs> yeah that's ellie cole calhoun um you know who, who you know has become kind of a a really steady presence and is part of this this core that the angels have been building um you know he's obviously known uh for his really good defense um you know, he was gold globe finalist last year and um, is going to be another key left-handed bat in this Angels lineup, which is kind of dominated by right-handed hitters. Um, you know, Cajun kind of had a bit of a down year last year in terms of his offensive production, kind of wasn't, you know, where he normally is. But, you know, I think, you know, I, I would bet on him to kind of get back to where he normally is and, you know, be another kind of key cog in, in the lineup and, and, and on the field for sure. I like it. Okay, so we're going to combine two topics right now. So let's combine starting pitching and Shohei Otani because you just wrote about how the Halos are going to manage this guy, his two-way play, his unprecedented 100-year breaking this streak from Babe Ruth. So where do you see him slotting into the starting rotation, and then who else is filling out that rotation? 
Sure. So, yeah, I mean, this is this is going to kind of be a, a fascinating uh, storyline to watch uh, during spring training, I think. Um, you know, technically, Shohei Otani is a non-roster ID, so technically he's not <laughs> yet on the Angels 40-man roster, but, you know, I would think he's a pretty good bet uh, to, to be, a, you know, a member of the Angels uh, opening, opening day roster. Um, and I think that you know, he has, I think, just based on, you know, scouting reports and, and things that I've read about him, you know, everyone seems to see his ceiling as kind of this uh, top-of-the-rotation pitcher, um, which I think is really key for the Angels, who have kind of struggled uh, to get a lot of a lot out of their rotation because of all the injuries that they have in the last years. So I think if Otani is really able to, to kind of uh, harness his potential and, and pitch, you know, as expected, I think he's going to be, you know, Really, uh, give give the Angels kind of a one-two punch in the rotation between him and Garrett Richards. So, um, yeah, I mean, I I fully expect uh, Otani to kind of crack the Angels' rotation, along with probably five other guys, because it it really sounds like the Angels are are going to go with a six-man rotation um, this season as they kind of look to to ease Otani's uh, transition to the majors and to the United States, uh, since he typically pitched only once a week uh, in Japan. So I think that. You know, going to an extended rotation will kind of allow the, the Angels to not only keep Otani's innings kind of in check in his first full season, but also just give, um, you know, the rest of the, the their starters more rest in between uh, starts, which I think the Angels are kind of hopeful will, will help keep them healthier. So, um, you know, along with Otani, um, you know, I kind of expect Garrett Richards, um, Tyler Skies, Andrew Heaney, uh, Matt Shoemaker, um, and then you know one some someone else probably some combination of Parker Bridwell, J.C. Mm. Ramirez, or Dick Tropiano. Okay. Um, so I think that those are kind of the guys that are probably going to be uh, in the rotation mix this spring, and are probably going to be the guys who are ultimately going to going to comprise the the bulk of the Angels' rotation this season, barring any injuries, which of course could end up derailing everything as it has the last two years. But hopefully that won't happen this year. Sure. Somehow uh, somehow that, that happens to every team in some way, but hopefully the Angels' depth will prevent them from derailing too much. So let's let's look at the, the bullpen really quickly, too, and who you see filling that out. Who's closing games for the Angels? Sure. So, I mean, the Angels basically went the entire all of last season without really naming an official closer, and it was a kind of an unconventional system that ended up really working for them. Mm-hmm. But I think that they, 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 might, they might very well do that again this year, but I think that if there's someone who's going to uh, kind of open the season and, and be tra- tasked with handling those ninth-inning situations, I think the, the, the leading candidate to do that will be Blake Parker, um, who had kind of a really breakout season last year and is probably the team's best returning reliever. Uh, since they lost, you know, guys like Yusmero Petit and Bud Norris to free agency. Um, but, yeah, I, I think other guys who could also kind of factor into that closing mix um, are people like Jim Johnson, who the Angels acquired from the Braves uh, this offseason, who had a bit of a rough year with the, with the Braves last year, but has had kind of a long track record of closing in the majors. So I think that if, if he can bounce back, he could be a guy who could be used kind of in the back end of games. Um, Ken Bedrosian, uh, Keenan Middleton are also guys who can kind of be back there. Um, and, you know, beyond that, I mean, there's kind of a, a long list of guys who could kind of end up filling out the, the, the Angels' bullpen. Um, I think that Jose Alvarez, who's the only left-handed reliever currently on the Angels' 40-man roster, has a pretty good cha- shot. But he could also get some competition from Ian Kroll, who is a non-roster invitee and pitched for the Braves last year. Um you know, uh, Noe Ramirez and Blake Wood were two other guys who kind of joined the Angels League last August uh, as waiver claims, but they ended up really impressing in their short stints with the team. So I think that there's two guys who, who have, you know, 
have a good shot of making the bullpen as well. And then beyond that, there's still, you know, uh, Luke Bard, who is the, the Angels' Rule 5 draft pick in December, is a guy who could obviously, is obviously going to get a shot. Um, and then there are, there are a couple of other guys. So the bullpen, I feel like, is kind of wide open. Um, you know, I think that there are a lot of different configurations that, that could end up resulting on opening day. So, um, you know, I'm curious to see how that competition fans out and, you know, who the Angels end up carrying in their bullpen on opening day. All right, Maria, with all of these gems on the team, listen, I've got I've got the Angels going to the postseason, and you also predicted that they're going to end their playoff drought. I see them going to the wild card, and I see them winning that game. Is that how you see it playing out too? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think that they definitely have, to me, I think that they're definitely going to contend for a wild card spot. I think that, you know, the Astros, it's going to be really hard to topple the Astros for the division title in the West. Um, you know, I mean, they're obviously coming off the World Series and basically have a large chunk of that team coming back and cause they've managed to build such a strong young core. So um, I think it's going to be really hard to, to, you know, beat the Astros in the division. But, like, you know, the Angels, I think, do have a really good shot um, at a wild card, which is, you know, they actually managed to stay in that race uh, until the last week yeah. of the season uh, last year, despite having a really banged-up rotation and, you know, offensive struggles. So I think... Just, you know, on, based on what they've done this offseason, I just feel like they're so much stronger. Um, and to me, they're one of the most improved teams uh, of the offseason. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of I would like to see them make kind of a, a playoff run, just, you know, so more people can get to see Mike Trout play in October. Um, you know, and as, as you kind of alluded to, they, they've only managed to make the playoffs once uh, with Trout, which was in 2014 when they were swept by the Royals. So. Right. They're still looking for their first playoff win since 2009. So I think they have a pretty good shot at hopefully breaking that drought this year, just based on all the improvements and upgrades that they've made to their roster. Man, the hype is real, Maria. It is so real. And what's so interesting, too, is that everybody wants to see Mike Trout in playoff baseball. It's it's this very strange universal feeling that everybody in baseball has and and the only thing is that no one can control it. You know, he he can't go out and win every single game for them. It's got to be the whole team effort, but they've they've got the team, they've got the pieces together and you know, like you said, the Astros I think will will take that division, but I definitely think the Angels are right there. Uh, but as we wrap up, Maria, our friend Joe Posnanski, he wrote about Albert Pujols, and you know I love to talk about Albert Pujols. Mm. Um, and we've talked a lot about him, of course. But Joe wrote about uh, his grounding into double plays, how many he's grounded into, and that he's about to basically run away with the record so far that no one will do will hit into more uh, double plays than him. And But what was so cool about the article, the beauty of it, was that while you're appreciating how good he is, it's also because he's had his bad moments too. But um, it was it was just so well written, and I I loved it so much. But I'm just wondering, what was your takeaway from that article? Yeah, well, I actually remember when you know it, it was a game last season when when Bulls hit the uh, the the double play that ended up kind of giving him that kind of you know record. It's not the best record I guess to have it, I think it really speaks to, to one Pujols' longevity you know you don't you don't get that record unless you play you've been in this game for a long time and yes. he obviously has and it's kind of hard to stay uh in the game for a long time so you know it, it, it kind of is a testament to to you know how he's been able to carve this really you know successful path for himself in this game so um you know that's just one 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 thing that's kind of stood out to me about it but the other thing is that you know it doesn't happen without you know coming up uh 
to the plate with kind of runners on base. So, yeah. um, you know, I kind of just, you know, and he's obviously used to batting in the, in the middle of the lineup. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It just To me, it's just more of a relic of just how he's been able to, to be in this game for, for so long and be so successful. Um, so that's my takeaway from this record. It is an odd one to have, though. It is. It's it's such a juxtaposition. The the line that I loved, Joe wrote, Pujols has led the league in double plays four times, including last year. That doesn't mm-hmm. diminish his greatness. It helps define it. And I was like, man, Joe, like, you're just tugging at my heartstrings right now. And as a Cardinals fan, you know, obviously the city loves him. He still has a home there and uh, his foundation. He's just an incredible person. And I just think it's so cool, Maria, that you're, you're kind of getting him – it may be at the end when he's not in his prime, but you know you're you're still getting a first ballot Hall of Famer um, to cover, and hopefully his season will be better than last. I don't think it'll be too hard to be better than last year, though. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. All right, Maria. Well, we're gonna let you pack. We're gonna let you get on the road. I hope you drive safely. And I know next week you and I are gonna be chatting about all the ins and outs of spring training because it's finally here. So I appreciate your time as always. All right. Thanks, Danny. All right. With Maria Guardado, I'm Danny Wexelman. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.